Hi there. We're so happy that you've joined us for this Mind Rant podcast. This is one of our science update episodes in which we highlight brain and mind research that we feel is relevant to our mission. The Mind Rant mission is to help you achieve qualongevity, that is to live long and to live well. Longevity plus quality of life. We practice what we call applied brain and mind science. We monitor advances in science and translate what we have learned into practical programs designed to keep your brains healthy and your minds creative, flexible, and productive. In this episode, we are going to review evidence that you can keep your brains functioning at optimal capacity by A, keeping your heart healthy, and B, by getting as much education and mental stimulation as possible. Okay, so here's the initial study we want to review today. The headline is, A Weak Heart Also Damages the Brain. So this research comes from the Max Planck Institute for Human Cognition and Brain Sciences, along with colleagues from the Leipzig Heart Clinic. They've figured out that when the brain doesn't get enough blood, it is inadequately supplied with oxygen. Further, this reduction of oxygen affects the gray matter of the brain. Gray matter are the brain cells that perform the myriad cognitive functions that make life possible and enjoyable. For years, neuroscientists have been telling us that what is good for the heart is also good for the brain. Well, this research gives us more information about why that equation is so important. The more blood the brain gets, the more oxygen and nutrients it gets. Oxygen and nutrients keep brain cells healthy. And one of the primary goals of our quest for qualongevity is to keep our brains healthy. And that means keeping the brain cells healthy. Now, when it comes to brain cells, size matters. The more functioning brain cells we have, the more computational power we have. The more dendrites and synapses each brain cells have, the bushier they are, the better able they are to communicate with one another, the better they can form complex cognitive functions. And the more healthy brain cells we have, the easier it is to compensate and find workarounds for any damage or disease that occurs. In other words, the number size, and robustness of our brain cells is directly correlated with our cognitive capacity. More and bigger is better, as long as the cells are healthy, of course. The the growth of cancer cells is a different matter. The study uses a term I haven't heard before, quote, heart insufficiency, end quote. What it means is that some hearts just aren't capable of doing their job as efficiently as they should be. They're not pumping enough blood. They're not supplying the brain with enough of the oxygen and nutrients the brain needs to function properly. And in Germany, where this study was done, 1.8 million people suffer from heart insufficiency. The the report actually said 1.8 billion people, but that couldn't be right. I looked it up. There are only about 8 million people total in Germany. 
But still, 1.8 million people with hearts that aren't capable of supplying what their brains need to function properly, it's still a huge number. So what's the bottom line? You need to keep your heart healthy in order to keep your brain healthy and strong. If you don't keep your heart healthy and keep that blood pumping, you're going to weaken brain cells and diminish their capacity to function efficiently. Often a, a malfunctioning brain cell is worse news than a dead brain cell. Dead cells are likely to be removed. But the injured and compromised cells keep trying to do their job, but continue to do it poorly. This is what we mean by cognitive decline. Here's another interesting new piece of research. The headline in neuroscience news is, Want to live longer? Stay in school. There are a number of interesting and important points in this article. It leads with the statement that, quote, Life expectancy in the United States has been in decline for the first time in decades. Now, Mindram's goal is to promote qualongevity, that is, the ability to maintain quality of life across increased longevity. That means living long and living well. But this report indicates that for the first time in decades, we aren't doing so well in the living longer side of that equation. I mean, what's going on here? The report points to a litany of potential causes, including inaccessible health care, and not, people are just not able to get the health care that they need, rising drug addiction, increases in mental health disorders, and socioeconomic factors, which probably means greater wealth disparity. More people are living in or near poverty levels, while the concentration of vast wealth narrows to a smaller and smaller percentage of the population. Poverty seems to shorten people's lives. Who'd have thunk it? The main thrust of the article is that levels of education are great predictors of longevity. People with more education live longer than do people with less years of education. People with less than a high school education die younger. And this holds true across racial lines. African Americans with college educations live longer than African-Americans or whites without a college education. So what is it about education that provides protection against premature death? Well, the report doesn't really go into it. In the past, we have talked about this at MindRamp. It's not the degree that is protective. It's not the diploma on the wall that provides the benefits. One clear benefit of advanced education is that it provides constant mental stimulation that is novel and challenging, which in turn stimulates the growth and health of brain cells. People with higher education tend to get better jobs, which are also more creative and cognitively stimulating. People with more education tend to make more money, and then they therefore have more resources to invest in taking care of themselves. They have a better idea of what to do and have the wherewithal to do it. Of course, you don't have to attend college in order to learn to be cognitively stimulating. I'm a committed autodidact myself. <laughs> I love the freedom and flexibility of self-learning. The bottom line, I think, is that you will live longer if you are constantly curious 
And if you constantly keep your brain stimulated, you'll live longer if you know how to take care of yourself and have the resources, both physical and mental resources, to actually do it. So what's the bottom line here? The bottom line is that education is a brain health issue. Education is a qualongevity issue. Everybody needs to have access to quality education. Everyone needs the opportunity to be stimulated um, by being exposed to new ideas and by being challenged by novel experiences. Everyone should have the opportunity to learn what they can do to keep their brains healthy and their minds flexible. And they should have the support and resources needed to adopt healthy lifestyles. If you want to know more about MindRamp and the MindRamp method of promoting brain health, go to our website at www.mindramp.org, mindramp.org. And remember, if you're struggling with your quest for longevity or have any questions about uh, our approach, you can sign up for a free consultation right there on the website. We'd be eager to talk to you and help you figure out your own Qualongevity Action Plan.